off the ball. He turned up in every big game with the weight of expectation of all those years of not having won All-Ireland. Yes. And no matter how Mayo played, he was their best player on the pitch. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, the Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. And remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. The Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen across the country in your radio and News Talk. Also, watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland international David Myler, and in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward. You can text us 53106. David Myler, Manchester United 2, Manchester City 1. What did you make of that? Fascinating game, John. Um, good afternoon to all three of you at the start. Happy New Year. I was, I was fascinated by the tactical aspect, certainly how Ten Hag set up United to take on City. Obviously, they've been in flying form. Everyone knows that. But like for him to get Fred to man-mark De Bruyne, get like um, Ericsson to go up against Rodri and try and stop Man City controlling the game. And you could see that, you know, City struggling in the first half to kind of get any real tempo and flow. Um, the amount of times they turn over possession was unbelievable. And then certainly then when you look at, say, second half, once City kind of got the goal, there was a little period where they dominated possession. But then, you, like, what United fans want from United, they want to see character, they want to see fight, they want to see, you know, that whole thing of playing for the shirt. And, you know, United then came out and looked, There'll be a lot of controversy over the first goal. Um, I'm not a big fan of the way that ruling. I do think Rashford interferes with play. Um, but, you know, United showed great grit and desire to get back into the game. And then, you know, Rashford caps it off, who's been in flying form. Um, and I think overall, on the basis of, you know, the first half kind of performance, you know, United probably deserved that little, you know, something out of the game and probably deserved a little bit more than, you know, City. This felt, lads, like the biggest win for United for a long time for me, anyway. Yeah, I, the contrast in the two games this season between them and the contrast when City last played in Old Trafford, JD, was incredible. Like, when Manchester City went ahead, the old Man United would have absolutely crumbled there. And you still kind of felt, as much as City had really upped their game in the second half, you still felt Man United had a chance because I felt they should have been ahead at half-time. I thought they were the better team in the first half. City didn't have a shot on target until the goal, which would have extended. They didn't have a shot on target in Southampton. Um, and, you know, it, it took them a long time today but there's an element of when your luck is in and when things are going your way like th- that first goal as much as I think 100% they should give that as a goal within the letter of the, the law and the fact that Rashford didn't touch the ball and he didn't interfere with the Man City defender he didn't interfere with the goalkeeper and if you look at Walker's position Walker didn't give up he kept chasing back he saw the run of Fernandez, and then the second goal started to come out of nothing um, and Rashford to have that run as it's gone back to late 50s of consecutive goals at Old Trafford for Man United um, I, I thought this was just... I thought this was a great result for football in many respects because I think uh, you know I'm no fan of the Man City sort of project in general and to see them um, taken down a notch today and to see the the old Trafford of old really being revived it's been a long time I think since the atmosphere has come back to old Trafford um, like it did and 
maybe one of the biggest talking points, I don't know what Dan thought, was that Erling Haaland did absolutely nothing in the game, really. Like, he'd, he had a penalty shout that wasn't a penalty. Casemiro had a big role to play in the game again, but Haaland didn't play well at all. And you are wondering now, the game tomorrow, your beloved Spurs and Arsenal, um, it's going to be key in terms of the, the battle for the title, I think. If Arsenal do win this, you are beginning to believe that they can do it. City are just showing frailties I didn't really think they had. Yeah, I think like Manchester United, I know what you're saying, it is the biggest result in a while and, and it feels that way and maybe that's because you believe in where things are going under the manager. Like To be fair, under Solskjaer, they did have some very big wins. You know, There was there was some big wins that I'm sure people sat here afterwards making statements about corners. They probably turned. did. And, so, you know, and, it's the nature, it's, and that's the nature of it. Um, but maybe it just feels like... Um, it feels more believable now because there's a sequence behind it. I mean, Rashford scoring nine in once, a row now. You know, Rashford's scoring record. You know, the Ronaldo situation isn't there. You know, certain talking points that might have lingered at various times, like you know, Casemiro was there. So y- y- you tend to think, okay, now it's a strange one because going off the commentary on. Uh, BT, it did seem like they were about to take off Casemiro just before uh, the goal. And it seemed like they were about to make a double sub with McTominay coming on. And I can't remember what the other change uh, floated was. Might be Martinez coming on. Anyway, either way, it seemed like they were at the stage of the game where they were getting nowhere and they were probably going to roll the dice a bit. And then they score with the next passage of play and the, the game turns on this. And I sort of, I mean, I think Rashford was interfering, but Peter Walton was pretty clear under the letter of law now that's fine. I think his presence definitely, you know, had a factor, but um, I mean, you're going off the, the expertise. It didn't, though, because he's what, offside, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but like, I, 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 I mean, David sort of, um, I, I don't know, like, David sort of is, is taking the ex pro view in it that he Well, say, say if you're a defender so. who's looking for the ball and Rashford gets in your way, that didn't happen. Like, so Rashford effectively had no role in Manchester City not winning the ball back. And I think it's probably a progressive kind of rule in the sense that if it, 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 it allowed a goal here that otherwise probably no, wouldn't have No, I get you. No, I, I, I listen, it's not, it's not a scandal or anything like that mm. you know it's, there's a debate around it but the thing is like I don't know Man City and to touch on your point I mean yeah Haaland reasonably ineffective but just the fact that they just got sucker punched like the couple, you know the couple of years in recent times where they haven't won the league there's been the odd game like this where they have like a really bad 10 to 15 minutes you know and they get they get done I mean I suppose you even think of the Champions League last year you know they just have these periods where they just like they go off the autopilot Crystal Palace game a couple of years back yeah. where they have these Brentford earlier this season because I think if, if the game had stopped at 65 minutes or whatever 70 minutes we would have been sat here talking about well this is typical you know Manchester United tactically very good in the first half possibly could have been ahead but Manchester City like showed the, Chelsea, the depth of their yeah, squad. Like the Chelsea game recently. They got ahead. And, you, you, you said, you've said, uh, you said this like last season again. Manchester City are very good. They're amazing when they're in control. When you're in a situation today where th- th- as much as the game was one all, one all was not a bad result at all. When they lost the ball in possession leading up to the second goal, there was a four on two situation all of a sudden. Manchester United had four attacking players. City's two fullbacks were way up the pitch, had to get back. And that se- effectively resulted in a goal that should never have been given away. And I think there should be some questions asked of the way they played today. There's no way they should have lost that game from the position they were in. David Myler, Rashford, eight goals in uh, seven games. Uh, was it a dip of confidence for him? What was it? Because he is absolutely flying. I think only Rashford could answer that question, JD. Um, but certainly no, like his presence and the way he, he looks on the pitch. Like he, he's walking around with his chest out. He looks confident. Like he, there was that big conversation, obviously, with 
the amount of work he did outside of football for charity and the money he raised for the kids in the schools and make sure they were fed. And there was a lot of talk. Was he distracted off the field? Was he putting a lot of effort into that? And maybe he was. And now he's kind of come round and he's concentrating just on football. Now, nobody could knock him for the work he'd done, but it was almost he had one eye off football. And now he just like when he picks up the ball, you look at, say, during the week against Everton, like those runs he's making, um, you know, for the for the own goal, Cody won. And today, when he gets the ball, he looks lively. He looks a threat. Now, the big question mark has, has always been put on him. He does it in spurts, in seasons. Can he do it for an entire season? But at the moment, like, there's no stopping him. And, like, he's he's like his numbers are ridiculous. Um, since the World Cup has been over, I think he's the top scorer in Europe, uh, which is which is incredible. And, you know, United... You know, United fans would be delighted with the way he's playing. If you were to do, like, to say, like, who's the manager of the season so far? Like, um, Ten Hag. Michael Arteta. You have about three or four shouts there. Like, how Arteta, um, Ten Hag, and the Fulham manager whose name escapes Marcus me. Silva. Marcus yeah. Silva. Um, so, obviously, uh, you know. You could even add Thomas Frank into that. Equation. Yeah. But what, what Ten Hag has done, you have to realise how bad Rashford was playing in, in the last regime. Not only that, he's gotten rid of the Ronaldo equation. and Massive, done, that is massive. Massive. And done it. And the Harry Maguire situation as well shouldn't so be underrated. Benched him today as well. Benched him today. Um, it, once he took the two of them out of the, out of the Man United team, and I, I'd have to go back to reaffirm this, but I think that's when their form actually started. But the, even you look at the, the body language of Bruno Fernandes relative to what it was. Liberated. Liberated. And the passion that he showed in... He, I think he deserves some credit for that first goal today because a lot of players would have given up. He went over, like, kind of, you know, remonstrating with the linesman. He looks reformed as well. And they look like a team that has so much physical uh, purpose, mental purpose, and also really know what they're doing. It is a liberation, isn't it, David Myler, for United without Ronaldo because it was just a cloud over the whole club. It is. And to touch on Johnny's point there... It looks like there's a clear game plan. Like, that's the big thing. And all the players are buying into it. Like, even Bruno playing out of position, he's playing wide right. He won't be happy playing there. But he puts in a shift. You know, he gets his goal and stuff. Like, even his, like you talked on there, his handling of Ronaldo. Like, Bruno did a post-match interview um, after the game. And he said, we're now playing as a team. And it was very, it was one of those comments that's made that you kind of think, was Ronaldo a massive issue inside the change room that, like, certainly Bruno seems to have found this lease of life. Now Rashford is that it was a dark cloud, cloud over it and the way Ten Hag has handled it, like, they all seem to be buying into him. Even recently when um, United play Wolves, like Rashford being late for a meeting, and he just drops him. Like, those kind of things, and you think of the form Rashford had been in. Like, I, I've been in change rooms where managers have let that slide and you think, well, he's our main man and people kind of go, well, we need him today, you know, if we're going to go and win the game. But for him to put the foot down and say, no, it's not acceptable and it's the same as the law for everyone. It's just, United are in a total different period now because I believe they have got a very good manager who understands the club, but he's got a clear philosophy and everybody seems to be buying into it. Isn't that the thing, JD, that they finally nailed it on the managerial front post-Ferguson? I think they have. Yeah, and you think you think the reaction though to Ronaldo? Sorry to cut across you, JD. Like the reaction to the Ronaldo thing. I mean, think you know, Roy Keane, very influential sort of figure. You know, revered by Manchester United fans and Sunes and a lot of people thinking that Ten Hag had handled the Ronaldo situation badly and when results were a bit middling at that time fans and people you know some people were maybe a little bit sort of angsty about it um, and you know sometimes managers when they're in the spotlight you, you see them react to 
a bit of an outcry in some way you know they, they bow to it that's actually the first worrying sign of weakness you know when they sort of respond to it but he, he's, he's sort of persevered and, and done things his way and, and now has sort of established a fair degree of authority it would seem from what from what David says even even today I thought and, and maybe people who go to Old Trafford will, will say on a regular basis will say it's always like this but I felt even the fans really stuck with them when they were behind as well too and that was noticeable and, and clearly if things were, were a little bit more strained there uh, at the moment that sort of that things would have crept in at 1-0 but it didn't it sort of felt like um, there's a collective belief there around the club that um, would suggest that this is not another Manchester United falls down of which there's been people talk about we fi- they finally nailed it post Fergie you know there's been various they th- had the whirlwind romance of Solskjaer this is real love there was times I'm sure there was times <laughs> under Mourinho where people said the same thing you know the, the, yeah, Louis yeah. Van Gaal they were second times, in the league under Mourinho you know, so um, it wasn't a whirlwind romance of Solskjaer it was kind of like going back to a nostalgic feeling where it was like your first love or whatever let's, let's see if it can work out again in a different role because I definitely think there was an element of with Solskjaer it was like yearning for the past that isn't there anymore and I don't know this guy has just he's put his stamp on it and everything about what the way they're playing at the moment are they title contenders now I don't I, don't, I wouldn't say they are but they're they're not a million miles off I don't want Johnny to expand in this old flame analogy here <laughs> how long do we have um, uh, not you're wearing an Augusta top GD I mean there's a lot going on today there is there's always a lot going on yeah. the show for anybody who's watching on the uh, digital social channels oh, um, Azalea's here there's no um, fake bird music coming through the, uh, through the speakers <laughs> in the studio um, it's a uh, while between now and five o'clock. So. Um, yeah, no, my sister went uh, before me, so she went last year with her husband, and uh, I was very um, obviously upset about it. But she brought back the top, and uh, <laughs> after she brought back the top, I said maybe she's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully she doesn't mention it. it all. The you time. can only get it in Augusta. You can't get it anywhere else. Obviously, there we go. You can probably get a couple down in Murray Street or something. <laughs> say if you, if you need the right people. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure David Myler has one. He, you know, he's got a lot of memorabilia and stuff. So. Um, David, Manchester City then, like Gundogan during the week was talking about a lack of hunger and not ha- them not having the recipe. Is it just one of these derby games or is it something that they'd be a little bit worried about? If Arsenal win tomorrow, they'll be eight points clear. I think there is there is major concerns with Manchester City. Like to go away to Southampton and not have a shot on target. And then obviously you look at the game today. It just, like they're in control of possession, but... You look at them, where's the penetration? Where are the runs in behind? Where's the creativity? Like, like there's a lot to be said about Fred's job on Kevin De Bruyne today. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there was a moment, you know, for, for his assist for Grealish's goal. He runs off and Rashford tries to pass him on, but it's too late. And then he obviously touches down the end line. But you're looking for those types of players to influence games. And United nullified them. And you can knock the ball around between your centre-halves and your six um, all day. Well, unless you're you're causing problems, then you're not going anywhere. And today, City looked like that. They looked like they had no end product. You never felt, okay, they had flashes and moments around, but they had no real clear-cut chances by the goal. None that you kind of say, oh, like, how many saves did De Gea have to make? Like, that's, that's the one. And that's where I think Pep... Pep has changed football ever since his kind of Barcelona days, where now we, we look at, you know, dominating possession. Can we pin the team back in? And there's an awful problem that we're like, you're not seeing City create. If teams like you look at it, there's probably a period today at about the hour mark where United are a bit stretched. You know, you're looking for your kind of second wind in the game and they do get into good areas. But like when you've got a player like Haaland, you need to be firing balls into the box 
like for 90 minutes. You need to be getting him, trying to get him on the end of it. We've seen that when they're at home, but it's away from home. They're not doing it. And I think Pep will be concerned because these these you know results over the last week they will have an effect on the rest of the season do you know what's interesting as well in that like and David touched on a point there where Pep has obviously Pep has kind of I guess um, been the architect of possibly the greatest sort of you know style of football in our era but Haaland was irrelevant today like they didn't create chances and they look so vulnerable on the break to a team with that has real pace like Man United have and I, what, what really intrigued me during the week was I mean what is Ten Hag thinking of, of bringing in Veghorst I mean what, what is the thought process behind that he's obviously thinking this could work if I need to bring a plan C to a game that I want to bring somebody big on that, that the likes of Argentina obviously couldn't even handle I thought that was a fascinating move because he's effectively a journeyman player who's been loaned out to Turkey like yeah maybe that's all they can do because mm. the, the talk during the week was on financial rules that mm. they will have to sell and uh, get in the Champions League to buy the players they want in the summer. Mm. Mm. He, 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 short term. He, he could play. You know, he's he's completely the antithesis of the way Man City play. But Haaland, like if they, if that were ha- remember when Haaland played in the early games, was it against Liverpool in the old Charity Shield? And people were saying, "Oh, it'll take time. It'll take time. And maybe he's not going to fit, fit in." If that were his first game for Man City today, he'd be like, Geez. "He can be forgiven, though, surely." Oh, absolutely. But I was like, I was just amazed at how anonymous he was in the game. Yeah. By the way, folks, listeners out there, we're on top of everything. If anything happens, we'll let you know in terms of the three o'clock games. Brighton, Liverpool ongoing at the moment. Evan Ferguson starting. Uh, Cody Gakpo starting. Nunes not in the Liverpool team today. Uh, Goalless as well in that game and in the other games. Everton, Southampton. Uh, Seamus Coleman in the Everton team today. Nottingham Forest against Leicester. And Wolves, West Ham with uh, Nathan Collins starting for Wolves. Joe Hodge on the bench. Brentford, Bournemouth, half five. Yeah, Evan Ferguson up against Canate here, which is, uh, I suppose, could have oh, relevance ball. in the context of... Uh, lovely ball, here we go. Oh, oh. nearly score there. Was that Trent Matoma? badly caught oh, out yeah. there. It was a beautiful Matoma ball. again. It's interesting that Leander Trossard is completely out of the loop now at Brighton. Mm. Well, the decision out with the manager. Yeah, he went on the Eurostar, apparently. Well, there was a statement from his uh, agent, I think, yesterday, which was fairly remarkable stuff in terms of outlining um, recent correspondence or discussions between De Zerbi and, and Trossard and disputing versions of events that have been put out there but I mean the, the, the long and short of it is it looks like he's on his he's on his way out mm. but um, yeah like if just watching Ferguson against Canati which could be interesting in the context of March with Ireland playing France and, and it's it's a possible yeah. uh, it's a possible 1v1 so Brighton playing well here Brighton have been playing well they had sort of a flurry of early chances and Ferguson had one brilliant touch took the ball down out of the sky as he's just done it again now um, and he's, he's linked play once or twice but um, yeah Brighton on top but Liverpool had one or two chances on the break um, that that could have yielded an opener, so it's good good sort of contest. David Mile would have to agree with this. If you look at the football that we've seen today, Evan Ferguson is essentially better than Erling Haaland. Is that not true, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dave Motter hasn't even responded. Uh, yeah, and, and correctly so. I am interested in his you want, Johnny? You want, Johnny, you want a headline, Johnny? Working, I had the pleasure of working with Evan with the 17s a few seasons ago. Mm. Um, he's a very exciting young player with a great eye for goal, as we've seen in the Premier League over the last few weeks. Um, I hope he has a terrific career and an, I hope he's brilliant for Ireland, but plenty of time yet to compare him to Haaland. I'm obviously, I'm obviously taking the proverbial, but like, what, what are the pitfalls for Ferguson as of now when he's starting, what, four ga- three, four games in a row? Um, a lot of hype about him. He's in the paper now every Saturday in Ireland. What, are the, what would your concerns be in terms of even, even what he mightn't become as a player? It's very difficult to kind of pinpoint one. 
Like one of the good things for Evan is Evan obviously lives in the UK. So there's not going to be a whole huge talk around him around the whole UK. There will be around Brighton. Obviously, mm. there'll be, you know, the fans will be super excited. He won't see all the noise going on in Ireland. It'll probably be more, you know, once you, the, the internationals come around, I imagine Stephen will have him in the squad. Then there'll be a bit, of, there'll be a lot of interest from Dan and the likes there who want to interview him and speak to him. Um, but uh, the biggest pitfalls will be that there's going to be a period, I imagine, that the manager is not going to be starting him. It's then you have to like keep that hunger going just because you have a taste of it. No, it's not always like going to be that way. Um, but look, the kid's got a great attitude. Um, he works extremely hard. He takes on information really well. He's desperate to learn. He's like in. I only I only worked with him for six months, but like in that time, you could see that the. Now, he was so desperate to learn and improve and get better. That he, you know, he just continues on in that progression. And he, like, like the, the great example that people always talk about was Aaron Connolly. Um, but they're two totally different characters. Yeah. You can't, you can't compare them. Even so, it's very hard to compare, say, Adam to even, um, no, sorry, Evan to Adam um, or even a Troy Parrot. Because all four of those lads that I've mentioned, they're all unique individuals. Yes, they've come through the Ireland underage and, you know, they're starting to carve out careers for themselves, but they're all different. And, you know, the, the thing with Evan is he was always so eager to learn and he wanted to improve. And as long as he keeps that attitude and mentality, you know, the world's his oyster. Well, what do you think it's like for 18-year-olds breaking in now, even compared to, say, when you made your debut? I know it's not that long ago, like, you know, mm-hmm. in real terms, but I'm guessing even the social media sort of thing wasn't as prevalent, you know, in your life or anything like that. Uh, whereas I'm guessing Evan Ferguson now, you know, the, you know in the last week or two, um, it's just been flooded with stuff, you know, and and everywhere. Like I'm sure if he opens up his phone, opens up his Instagram or whatever it is, I think he is on social media. He'll probably have thousands of followers and requests mm. and messages and like. How, do, do you envy the lads now, sort of having to, to deal with it breaking through in this era, if you know what I mean? Whereas it's a, it feels like it can all happen very quickly for you. Yeah, and there could be there. We've seen with various examples of young boys in England, um, I'm not particularly talking about Evan and Boy, they've got overhyped and that can be a problem. Like when you look back to my debut, say 15 years ago, um, Facebook was starting to become massive. And I actually had an open Facebook at the time. And I remember um, I played a couple of games and you know, there were Sunderland fans giving me loads of love and appreciation. You almost do read into it. Um, mm. I was young and naive, and you you do look at it, and you, I was thinking, oh, this is great. I'm the man. You know, I'm playing week in, week out here in the Premier League. This is great. And then I was sent off against Portsmouth. Um, I came on, on a, what is it, the fifth fastest red card in Premier League history or something. Not a record that I'm proud of, like, but my Facebook, I'll never forget it because my dad was at the game, and after the game, he said to me, well, you're going to have to deal with the slack that comes your way now. Um, and he said, be prepared for this. And Sunderland fans are incredibly passionate. Um, but the amount of abuse I took on that was ridiculous. And then it was it was an, a, a serious eye-opener for me because I had the highs for a few weeks of doing, you know, doing very well. And then I had that that extreme low that I actually deleted it. Um, yeah. I went away from it. So the big thing for Evan and others is you can't you can't read too much into it because when it's going good it's great but then when it's bad it, it, it does get extremely bad and you look at Harry Maguire is a great example of he's now almost become this talking meme um and like for Evan you can't read too much into it 
because I eventually stripped it back to as long as your manager is happy with your performance, that's the most important person. Nobody else matters um, because the manager is the one who's picking the team week in, week out, and he's the one who's going to be playing you. And if he's happy with your performance, then don't be don't be reading, you know, Joe who's living down the back alley of Cork, who's a Brighton fan, saying, you know, well done, you're you're the best thing since whatever. Mm, okay, got to take a break. David Myler, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward on Football Saturday here. Just to break away, Munster leading Northampton 10-0 in the Champions Cup. Leinster were 49-14 winners over Gloucester early. No uh, scores in three o'clock games in the Premier League. Man United 2, Manchester City 1. We're back after this. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, the Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is new Talk. And welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Listen across the country on News Talk. Also, watch us on the digital and social channels on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to have uh, the former Republic of Ireland international David Myler on the line with the in studio, the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the broadcaster and journalist, Penalty Johnny Brighton, Ward. Did he? Penalty Brighton. Don't and think it was Ferguson. Allison in trouble there. And uh, I have to say, Liverpool have. Goalless at the moment. Liverpool and Everton have, have scored. Everton once at Hampton nil. There was protests before the game. The directors didn't turn up um, for their own safety. And Onana has scored for Everton 1 0 against Southampton. Oh, they might get off on this one, JD. I think, I think, I think there might be an offside. Everton once at Hampton nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Leicester nil, and Wolves goalless with West Ham. We're waiting to see if Brighton have a penalty against Liverpool in the first. It's half. actually, I'm not even sure it's a penalty. I think they'll get away with this, and I think Sally Marsh may be offside. But uh, it's been a, another patchy performance. Yeah, they're checking at VAR. I don't make that a penalty uh, in the Championship. Just before we wait and see what happens there, finished Rotherham four, Blackburn nil, Bristol City two, Birmingham one, Burnley nil, Coventry nil. Uh, later scores. These are later scores. Cardiff nil, Wigan nil, Hull nil, Huddersfield one. It is. Luton 2, West Brom 1, Middlesbrough and Millwall are goalless. It is Preston 0, Norwich 3, Reading 1, QPR 0, Sheffield United 2, Stoke 0, Sunderland and Swansea are goalless as are Watford and Blackpool. Jeff Hendrick, the goal scorer for Reading, right. um, which is a, it's a while since he's featured in a, I think a goal scoring update for us. But, um, yeah, so we're still him. waiting to see yeah. if uh, Brighton have got a penalty here against uh, Liverpool. The decision, no penalty. So goal is between Brighton and Liverpool uh, just, just before... Um, Half time. Let's hear about that Everton goal uh, coming uh, against Southampton at Goodison Park. And this is uh, Shane Pennington. It's Everton 1, Southampton nil. What a huge goal this could be for Frank Lampard in his side. It came from a free kick on the right-hand side. Damari Gray delivered it into the penalty box. And there around the penalty spot was Amadou Anana. So thumper header beyond the goalkeeper, Gavin Bazunu, And into the right-hand bottom corner of the net. It's Everton 1, Southampton nil. Just had a shout-out on Twitter yesterday at John Logan Sports, which kind of caught it fire a bit. So which phrases in football annoy you, folks? We know we all love to be annoyed by uh, things that people say in football whether it's managers players or pundits and uh, we got some um, reaction and we'll uh, throw it out to the listeners there in 53106 so um, this is Manchester United was one of them Damien Duff Shelburne uh, early doors the Portuguese when referring to an individual uh, coming together double pivot final third it's a big ask 
asking questions, said Rob Hainsworth. Darren Burke, he'd no right to save that. Uh, Michael Lavery, when something is part and parcel of the game. Shane Beatty uh, of our own uh, parish, mouthwatering tie. Kieran Fleming, give the referee a decision to make. A goat and baller, uh, when two players are chasing after the ball, they call it a foot race. I also agree with that one. I hate that one myself. And Owen Cummins, I love this one. The cliched and strange pluralisation of players and clubs. So like your Milers, your Wards, your McDonald's. I agree on that one, yeah. I think a good height for a goalkeeper when a penalty is saved is definitely one that springs <laughs> to mind. I mean, of course, it's a good height for him. He's just saved it, you know. Like, uh, like it's, it's always um, that's always one of the one of the ones. Um, yeah, the pluralization is one. I wish you'd one give Johnny us, I enough. wish you'd excuse me. No, I wish you'd give me a bit more time on this, shitty. But my my absolute pet hate, apart from the horrendously bad grammar of a lot of like commentators and co-commentators, he's got to hit the target. You're not, your challenge is not to hit the target. Your challenge is to score. If you're trying to find the top sco- corner with a strong strike, you're not worried about hitting the target. You're worried about scoring. And the amount of times I hear that he's got to hit the target. It's not about hitting the target. It's about scoring. There's a massive, massive difference. If, you, if you're taking a penalty and your challenge is to hit the target, you'll do that every single time. That's why you miss. It's not about hitting the target. I'm glad I didn't give you time, actually, to be honest. Oh, I've only started here, actually. Now. Yeah, he's the most passionate he's been since he went on a rant about gloves one day. It's just like, you never Oh uh, yeah, so saw so some some of that earlier. We have uh, some some gloves here. Too. In fairness, it's a fairly cold day. Well, you've got an issue with gloves. Ah, like wearing gloves in twelve degree weather and that. Like, what's that about? This is very, but this is more. It channels his inner Martin O'Neill, having slagged off Martin O'Neill's team for a period of time. Mainly he David Mylord. He then took up the personality by saying, you know, players with gloves, what, not not having them, what, not having them. David Mylord, anything that annoys you in terms of football phrasing? The two that spring to me would be a game of two halves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And when a player gives 110%. Yeah, there was, a, there, was, there was a fella, David, and this is unbelievable because I think this is actually a Guinness Book of Record. Is Kerry FC um, signed the player during the week. Um, I, I, I can't remember. He might be Croatian, but he's, he's from somewhere in, Europe, in like Eastern Europe, whatever. But uh, he's been playing locally, but he said he gives 150% in every game. I was like, what, do you actually like grow 50% in size? Or like, this is, because everyone gives 110%, obviously. But an extra 40 on top of that, I was like, I haven't heard of this before. I can't wait to see him play, actually. <laughs> playing through the lines. Like, he was absolutely t- terrible. He only gave 127% today, like. Oh. Well, my my one. See, I also think as well. There's a bit of a journalist version of this as well. Like w- words that are used in newspaper stories that people never actually say in real life. Like someone says, you know, a war of words. Has, and I've done this myself, right? So sure, we've all know, wrote a war rubbish. of words is broken we've out between uh, war of words is broken out between I don't know, you know, Roy Keane and whoever. But like in your re- in your life with anyone, have you ever said, oh, was a bit of an issue last night? A war of words broke out in the pub <laughs> between a couple of the lads. You know, like uh, he launched a broadside would be another one as well yeah. like, you know yeah. what even is a broadside yeah like Roy yeah. Keane last night launched a broadside again the same story you never hear someone say oh Christmas party got a bit messy you know Duggan launched a broadside launched a broadside well, it hasn't started yet Johnny actually, Ward yeah. you know which turning the screw deserved, turning the screw I mean seriously like if you want to like read George Orwell sort of 1984 and all his work and then you might uh, cut down on that but as a journalist actually it's a challenge as well because we use plenty of rubbish but that Martin before. O'Neill thing recently um, where he he, he talked about he took issue with the the reference to the Ulster man and the Northerner. Now it very it didn't really appear in the papers in Ireland anyway. It was a bit of a strange one, but sometimes a lot of that is just re- avoiding repetition. Mm. Like you know, the, the, well in the Bullens, I can't say take on seven times in a row, so I'll say face her up yeah. against. Yeah, uh, 
sometimes the, the cork go head to head yeah. somebody had an issue with go head to head so that, that, that was was one of them yeah. so goal is here Brighton and Evan Liverpool. Ferguson just had a shot on goal there it was actually a very good move hit the target Brighton. actually yeah hit the target yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, the goal, they really. fashioned the chance for him but um, yeah he, uh, he, he should have done better to be honest but yeah he's, he's, been, he's been involved Five three one and six. I hate. He's got great feet for a big lad. He's a professional footballer. I'm sure he's got very talented feet. Says Rory. Vekers showed. I mean, talk about great feet for a big lad. Vekers like nailed that against the Argentinians in France. Probably like, the only thing he's doing in his life. I mean, um, <laughs> at that level, uh, pockets of space in their faces and two banks of four. All I have to go. Says Scarlett. Uh, hi guys, I've seen them given. Says Jim and Dunboyne. Uh, you forgot he's a top top player or professional. For me. Um, and uh, lads, if you get rid of all those fa- phrases, be watching in silence. Well, that'd be great, actually. I mean, we don't need commentary. I do that actually sometimes. Yeah, we don't. Off, we don't need commentary. If you go to a game, it's John. You're literally on a panel show at the moment. I would prefer if there were no. I would prefer if there were no. Get those fake birds from Augusta here. Put it on for Sorry, the next hour David, and ten minutes. You're going to say something there. Well, I tweeted about it too, JD, and I got goals win games. <laughs> That's an interesting one. People do use that. It's a good squad on paper. Um, and schoolboy defending. They were a couple that appeared quite a few times. Goals win games is definitely, uh, that's, just, that's just a sentence to fill airtime. But I mean, yeah. can you get through the rest of the show without using one of those phrases at any yeah, point? We, so we're all going to... Uh, that goes off. We're all going doing. to soccer awards tonight, like the three of us, right? So it'll be kind of a, like an off-the-ball strong table in which we've already had bets on who'll make a show of ourselves. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, but the, the first one of the three of us to use a ridiculous cliche for the rest of the show has to buy the first round of drinks. How, how about that? Okay. Well, I'm not invited, Johnny. Yeah, well, you live in... You live in where do you live up the north of England? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I would have flown in just for it. I don't think they have the money, do they? Didn't get the invite, yeah. Uh, Dan Dan is actually, I'm only a peripheral. Dan is, Dan's been heavily involved in these events before. I'm not, so. involved, I'm not involved this oh, year. Well, uh, Johnny, uh, rumour has it you wouldn't put your hand in your pocket. I, that's one thing I can't be accused of. I, I'm reckless with money, often at my own expense. Uh, Half times, Everton won Southampton nil, and goalless Brighton, Liverpool, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, and Wolves, West Ham. But before we go to the break, David Myler. Obviously, we know you've got um, a strong affinity with the Reds, Liverpool. Uh, what does Jurgen Klopp need to do to fix what the, has been a kind of a troubled time for them on the pitch? Oh, JD, I don't, I don't even know how to start this because they're either they're either very good or awful. Consistency, then. Yeah, but at the same time, I look at them, and I've really, I've really honed in on them. And I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I think Thiago's the problem. Wow. Um. I think Thiago is an exceptional player. He's an incredible midfielder. You can see by the clubs he's played with, managers he's played for, he gets peaked week in, week out. But he's almost altered the way Liverpool play. Like if you look at, he's kind of slotted into that Wijnaldum role who was full of energy on the front foot pressing. Thiago is a, is that type that wants to get on, get on the ball in the, you know, in the midfield area and dictate, you know, the play. And when he does that, Liverpool end up, you know, the full backs push on and they leave themselves wide open. Now, if he's on it, if you remember back to the game he played um, against United where he just ran the entire game, but if he's slightly off, then I think Liverpool are just wide open. They get counter-attacked. Um, and I think that that is an issue. Um, I really do. And I think if you look at Liverpool's midfield over the last few years, they've always been dynamic and they've had one sitting midfielder and the other two have pressed around the pitch and they've allowed the fullbacks to get forward and be creative um, and I think that I think that's one of the biggest issues they have 
Um, and I've really, I've really looked at it and I've, I've, I've questioned myself numerous times on it because he's such an exceptional footballer, but he is a Pep Guardiola player. And I don't think Liverpool play the Pep Guardiola way. Are there players on the team that need to up it as well as that? Of course. You know, like it's been well highlighted, you know, Trent's defensive errors, um, even to a certain extent. Virgil's not been, I know he's injured now, but yeah. he's not been at the level he's been at. You know, Fabinho, he's looked kind of a shell of himself for someone, even Salah. Um, he went to goals, he scored year in, year out. Like, if okay. you go through the centre, the, the kind of the shell, like the, the basically the, the spine. Spine, spine of that team, there are so many issues, David. Like, yeah, and that's been, that's always been Liverpool's core. It's the spine has always been so well, so well documented that they're, that they're playing well. They know their roles. They're on it. Like Jurgen always highlights the thing that whenever there's an issue, he looks at the front three. Are they pressing correctly? Are they stopping the team playing out? And at times that's not been there. Firmino was massively key to that for years. I know a lot of fans outside of the Liverpool fan base would highlight the amount of goals he scored or the assists, but anyone who watched Liverpool regularly would know the importance of him in the team and the players loved playing with him because he led the line in terms of pressing winning ball back and he linked the play so well but obviously as you know time progresses he's he's obviously three four year years older now that he's not able to do exactly what he used to be able to do but I think Liverpool need to kind of go back to you know even even the smallest things of like Allison against wolves you know that those little errors like are just creepy in game after game which didn't happen for so long they need to start uh, we talk about we talk about clichés but like they start they need to start keeping clean sheets and build from there um they're leaking way too many goals for a team that were you know so good at keeping clean sheets that you you now know when liverpool go into a game that unfortunately they're going to concede what he said about um, Thiago for that a bit, I think Henderson's well off as well. But if you look at Liverpool and analyse it for a bit, Liverpool could be entering transition now. Like they actually could, and I'm not sure if Klopp is going to be. Yeah, around and for also it. the ownership issue. I think is, the uh, exactly. got to be a bit, a bit destabilising. Mm-hmm. We got to take a break. Uh, Johnny Ward, uh, Dan McDonald, studio, and David Myler between four and five on Football Saturday. You can text us five three one zero six. Plenty of uh, stuff coming in. Just to let you know, uh, scores from the Premier League: Brighton the Liverpool nil, Everton one, Southampton nil at half time, Nottingham Forest nil, Leicester nil. Also goalless between Wolves and West Ham Man United beat Man City 2-1 in the derby earlier today Marcus Rashford with the winner half times in the championship Bristol City 2 Birmingham 1 Burnley 0 Coventry 0 it is Cardiff 0 Wigan 0 Hull 0 Huddersfield 1 Luton 2 West Brom 1 Middlesbrough 0 Millwall 0 it is Preston 0 Norwich 3 Reading 2 QPR 0 Sheffield United 2 Stoke 1 it is Sunderland 0 Swansea 0 Watford 0 Blackpool 0 and earlier on it finished Rotherham 4 Blackburn Rovers Nil. Jeff Hendricks has scored again. Has he? Oh. He's got to scored two. And Munster lead Northampton 17-0 in the Champions Cup. Off the ball Saturday and football Saturday. Back between four and five after the news. Don't go away. Football on off the ball. With Sky, the Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk.
And you're welcome back to Football Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through till five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. The Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball, listen across the country on your radio. On News Talk, also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. We're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland International, David Myler, and in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward uh, it is Brighton nil Liverpool nil in the Premier League and also Everton won uh, Southampton nil these are halftime scores uh, the other games are goalless at halftime Nottingham Forest Leicester and Wolves West Ham and earlier on Man United to Manchester City won in the Manchester Derby Marcus Rashford with the winner just some uh, scores from elsewhere in the world of sports and this is brilliant from Munster 24 nil they lead Northampton in the Heineken Champions Cup Gavin Coombs with a couple of tries and also Jack O'Donnell who so Munster set to win today and that would probably pretty much put them through to the last 16. At Leinster were 49 14 winners over Gloucester earlier. Seven tries for Leinster. They're absolutely killing it at the moment in terms of the rugby. Also, we have get a Games. Um, Limerick into the McGrath Cup final. A draw was enough against Tipperary. Limerick won 13, Tipperary 2-10. And also Westmead 15 points, Antrim 13 in the Walsh Cup in Leinster in Hurling. In racing, Davy Russell back today at Ferry has uh, no luck or for Davy though in the uh, two rides that he had uh, but great to see him back in the saddle uh, the big one was the Dan and John Moore Memorial Handicap Chase Rebel Gold at 5-1 to one, won that uh, but it was really a day for Paul Tan and Willie Mullins they, they uh, a couple of winners there on the Cardiff Ferry House mentioned my uh, friend Mr. Inc- uh, my friend Paul Byrne rather his horse Mr. Incredible running a blinder um, in one of the big races in England saying he might have another national prospect Paul of course sold the winner of the national uh, last year Noble Yates and uh, Mr. Incredible was a horse shitty who had sort of almost down tools for his previous connections but they, he, I think he went at the first in the Paddy Power but they seem to have um, reignited his spark and um, yeah exciting times for Paul Go to Brighton Goal for Brighton. Goal for Liverpool. Brighton. <clears throat> so, like, Liverpool have been a bit all over the place defensively in this game. Um, and they've got some joy, Brighton, down the right side. Like, Trent, uh, Alexander-Arnold's had a tough time. But uh, this goal is Liverpool like, losing possession under no not under major pressure in their own half actually Evan Ferguson sort of involved in a press but um, he was heavily involved then. yeah but uh, yeah Solly March has scored he's, he's onside I think yeah um, sort of two three quick passes um, Liverpool just sort of exposed from losing the ball sort of 30 yards from goal and Brighton strike quickly and now look to have a league goal and I think it's deserved you don't really have your TV on Dave Meyer I don't know if you saw that no JD no okay but uh, no. yeah yeah, so exactly, exactly what you're saying before the break, wasn't it, really? Liverpool, um, it's just the, the Brentford defeat was, was painful and and now it's uh, it's happening again. Do you do you see him, do you see Klopp sticking it out? And JD mentioned the ownership situation as well, David. Do you see him sticking out what, to me, looks like it's, a, it's probably a few years of a project here, maybe two or three years at least, just to kind of get them back to where they were? Like, JD obviously touched on it with the ownership. Um, that, that doesn't... That, like that's no excuse for the players. None of the players would even that they wouldn't even know about that really. They wouldn't care about it. I think that would affect Jurgen. It's obviously we're in January now, and he'd be looking for funds. Um, and obviously this is why FSG are doing it. it certainly wouldn't like to answer your question. Do I do I see Jurgen staying? Yes, I do. Um, like if you look at it, like where would he potentially go if he left Liverpool? He'd obviously take probably a break to recharge the batteries, but. 
I think he only really goes to Germany or Real Madrid. I can't see him taking over Bayern Munich. Um, so I could see him probably staying another two, three years. Mm. Germany, like Germany, were the, with the hosts of the Euros in twenty twenty-four. So yeah, they'll have like they're not going to face sort of a, a change in that period. So so the Hampton equalised by they won all against Everton, James Ward Press. So it could be, I mean, could it be after that? You know, you think of yeah. going to a World Cup in twenty twenty-six in or America, especially a, as well as there's some kind of focus with mm. that. Maybe um, Evan Ferguson was involved in Matip giving the ball away. It was actually he. The one thing that that interests me about Ferguson is how quick is he? How quick is he off the block? How quick is he going to be when he's when he's at his peak? Because I think that could bring him to maybe the next level. But there he Matip. I mean, again, it wasn't massive pressure, but he put enough pressure on Matip to put give the ball away, and Brighton scored. And um, this would make them overtake Liverpool in the table. I think Daniel Podenza scored for Wolves one nil against West Ham. So Wolves won West Ham nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Leicester nil, Everton won, Southampton won, and Brighton won, Liverpool nil in the three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, five three one zero six for the text messages. Plenty coming in on uh, cliches and phrases that annoy people in football. Um, in my opinion, and in my day, a hundred percent. About how about he opened up the body? Uh, he opened the body up. The mind boggles as Aiden and Louth. Uh, can we please take coordinated action on in a good moment? I hate the phrase all pundits use when describing another player. We've ran out of superlatives to describe such and such a player, says Niall. Did, was the mind boggles uh, a cliche sort of no, line? No, the, that no, was his own. I think it was his own reaction. He added his own one, having <laughs> had a goal at one. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That sort of sums up yeah. the, the paradox of the whole thing. Uh, he's only got one left foot. Uh, transfer war chest is another one. Uh, oh, the war in. chest is definitely one yeah, of those. Yeah, like, that you never get, use. Let's get the war chest out. Yeah. Um, on uh, what Dave Myler was saying on Tiago, 100% agree. Uh, been sending for weeks as one of our textures. Another one, hi, just in Liverpool in transition, even in Fergie's worst seasons in transition as United manager, he never finished outside the top four, even with some really poor teams. Rano 506. I think that if you if you look at the, just, the, just the top four, JD, it's like... So any argument about Klopp being a football genius are laughable. He's had two productive seasons and a lot of near misses. Their shambles at the moment should be two down. Well, they are one now. The famous Liverpool one in a row team has finished. That's very Harsh. He's done. He's done exceptionally well, I think, at Liverpool. But the top four for me, with every passing week, looks less likely. Um, we also have. Uh, I think the difference between this result and previous big wins for United under Ali is now we've seemed to have a plan and a system in place under Den Hag. Even if we lose, there's still a momentum there and a target to get where we want to get to. Says Joe in Ashtown. Ray and Mayo, a great show. Thank you. If Arsenal win tomorrow, they'll go odds on to win the league. Does Johnny know the last time that happened? Uh, I was actually wondering that coming in today. Not not so much odds on, but would they be favourites if they win tomorrow? I guess it would be. When were Arsenal last odds on to win the league? I mean, uh, probably oh God, the, I was in maybe college or something at that uh, time. The Invincibles year. Yeah, um, um, but but it, yeah, that would be staggering. Uh, your so-called football pundits are useless. Uh, Listen to them since the start of the season. You never gave Man United a chance. Look where we are now, third. Well, so so he's he or she is listening to football pundits since the start of the season and thinks we're useless. Should probably do something else at this stage. <laughs> well, you know, we, we want people to continue to listen. I mean, if, if you think we're useless, I mean, surely you've better things to be doing than listen to useless pundits for two hours every Saturday. Uh, well, but even so, even so, JD, to touch on that, find me anyone in the world who gave United. A- any chance even like the ex-players like I know he said ex-pundits but ex-players who play for Manchester United didn't give United a whole lot you know what I mean so like it's easy to say that the, the, after the game in the Etihad they must have been 
a billion to one. Um, but it's Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is a massive thing a good, here. They're having a good day. They've they've won. But like and, uh, and the yeah, derby. I'm not saying they're. They, I'm not saying know, if they, if, I hope they've been messaged. I hope they sent that message in two months ago saying why aren't you talking about Manchester United? It's inevitable march yeah. to the top four. Five three one and six. All of a sudden, it seems to me there's not a two horse race anymore between City and Arsenal. You might have five or six teams in the mix. A very exciting season says Aaron and Galway. Uh, the worst Chelsea team and manager in over thirty years is the result of its business. Need I say more? Says Niall. Uh, David Miter is Graham Potter actually under pressure in your view now? He has to be. When you manage one of the top six... Oh, scored. Brightness set scored. Up by Evan Ferguson. A beautiful ball by Evan Ferguson. Better than Erling Haaland. Saudi March again. What, is, what a Sorry result. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> David, I mean, we've had years of misery following Ireland. I'm just getting a bit excited it's here. It was an assist from Evan Ferguson. It's a great Johnny, ball, no, This, 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 is, a, is, a great this ball. is a man who's saying this now. Johnny Ward, who was a Liverpool fanatic when he was young. Brighton 2, Liverpool nil. David Myler. It's Myler. a terrific finish. It's, a, it's, it's a, a, lo- a lovely, lovely ball. Johnny has just completely lost control of his senses at this point. Wait till tonight. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just cheat. I can't even wrap my head around Liverpool losing 2-0. I know their record's not been good at Brighton, but it's just... Yeah. All right, we'll move on. We'll go back to Graham Potter. He's under pressure. When you manage one of the top clubs, if you're not winning football matches and you're not challenging certainly the top of the table, you're going to be under pressure. Now, certainly under Abramovich's tenure, Look at space. He'd, he'd be out the door by now. Now, there's a five-year contract. Obviously, when that was when that was given to him, there must have been some long-term plan looked at. Um, because I think if you look at Graham Potter's time at Brighton, certainly how they developed younger players and how they brought them through, no, how much Graham Potter had in hand in the recruitment, I don't know, because Brighton have always had good recruitment. Um, but certainly, he's going to be under pressure, um, and if he doesn't turn it round, then he might find himself without a job you, you in the next... Sorry, Dave, you didn't see that there, but the space that Ferguson had is absolutely staggering that Liverpool will be standing off so much. I mean, this is this is really, really headline stuff as it is for Liverpool if they were to lose this game as it is, because this has been so, so bad. Johnny, just, you can't focus on anything else. He was talking about Graham Potter. But I mean, it's a, it's a great goal. We just, we, we just got to break away for the moment and change codes to rugby because Ashley O'Reilly is down at Thomond Park for this Munster-Northampton game. And Munster, like, really doing well. Let's get the, the latest matchling. Yes, John, it's halftime here in Toman Park. It's Munster 24, Northampton Saints nil. After less than two minutes play, Joey Kirby got Munster up and running from a penalty in difficult kicking conditions. Munster starting the strongest here, taking control of the game from early on. It was Gavin Coombs who picked up their first try after nine minutes thanks to a short tap penalty and Kirby converted. Northampton picked up a yellow card with hooker Mike Haywood sinbind, with the Saints struggling big time here, making a lot of mistakes. It was absolute class for Munster to get their second try of the game. Brilliant decision by Gavin Coombs to pass it off to Jack O'Donoghue who got over the line for Munster to lead 20-0. After that super try for Munster they quickly found themselves down to 14 men. After the try scorer Jack O'Donoghue was then red carded for a high tackle. Then the rain began to fall here in Toma Park. Munster, they kept the pressure on and Gavin Coombs, who has been brilliant in this first half, he barged over the line to get his second to make it 24-0. Northampton will be happy to hear the halftime whistle. It's Munster 24, Northampton Saints nil. Okay, uh, thank you so much, Ashley, for the moment. And uh, good, good stuff from Munster today. And obviously Leinster winning 49-14 and Ulster playing La Rochelle at half five and Connacht against uh, Reeve of the sports ground. So... 
Yeah, like we haven't really described the goal. It was just Johnny making involuntary noises. But like, well, like Ferguson just dropped deep into space and he wasn't followed. And he, he received the ball. He was able to just turn, given loads of time to turn, plays a through ball to March. He was cut across with Andy Robertson following him from sort of the left back position, the right wing. And uh, like he's hit an absolutely superb like left foot. I mean, from the Irish point of view, we'll look at Ferguson being involved with the assist. I mean, he would expect to play the pass that you know, a player of his ability would expect to execute that pass, but he still was in the position to do it. But March's finish, left foot, far corner, it's a brilliant goal. It's impressive start for Roberto De Zerbi. Like, it took a while, obviously, to get going, but to win 4-1 at Everton, and now they're 2-0 up against Liverpool in the uh, Premier League. And if this result stays the way it does, it'd be, what, 26 points uh, dropped from 18 Premier League games for Liverpool. I just, I'm going to say something a bit crazy here. I get the sense... Klopp will just quit and it'll be sudden. I, I think so as well. And if you take away the Bournemouth game now, I as of as of right now, if you take away the Bournemouth game, Liverpool's goal difference this season is plus one. Plus one. That was a 9-0, you know, nothing game. They're plus one. And it's hard to overstate how much of a shambles they've been here uh, watching it uh, in the first 56 minutes. They need a goal. And then I do worry if they were to lose three or four nil here, how bad is it going to get for them? Because the Brentford game was uh, when I watched that, it was just more. It was just the hunger that Brentford had in, the, in the, especially in the second half of that game. And uh, yeah, I just don't think they're easy solutions. I don't think they're easy solutions. And I do obviously the plates are shifting in terms of obviously City are always going to be up there because of the, the wealth they have. And uh, looks like Harvey Elliott's coming on, JD. Might yeah, refresh things. I, I I know David mentioned Thiago. I I'm looking at Henderson recent games, and to me, he's given the ball away an awful lot. They they look like they have a lot of issues. Uh, 53106 I love the show and the opinions thank you Evan Ferguson looks a prospect but let's not put too much pressure on him too early says David an Ireland season ticket holder and another one ooh Evan is a place on earth guaranteed Euro 2024 semi-finalists <laughs> says Jared and Cork I don't know Linda if that's Carlisle's a bit of t- first mention uh, of the day t- tongue, in, tongue in cheek but Linda it, Carlisle it, it, is, it, is, it is a concern because every article almost has a has a you know a but you look, look at your reaction look at your reaction I know to but you're, you're being jumping starved up, jumping up in literally the studio since here. Robbie Keane we haven't had really good striker and and for Evan Ferguson, let's just contextualise this. He's turned 18 in, I think, October, right? He scored a goal against Arsenal where he, you know, showed extreme strength and, you know, an ability to score against the best team in the Premier League. He's now, three games later, he's scoring, he's assisting, he's starting against Liverpool, looks totally at home, and he's not fully developed yet. And we've been starved of anything to talk about. And I think the, the, the line that I took from that piece I mentioned last week, um, I think it was Keith Long, Keith Long who said it, or one of the boys that Kevin said, if, Kevin Fer- if Evan Ferguson could train every minute of the day he do it and that's what he's, he's obviously a little bit different in terms of his attitude Liverpool on the road to losing four out of the last eight Premier League games 2-0 down to Brighton at the Amex uh, we have Texan here on 5-3-106 on football um, annoying phrases cliches uh, the worst cliche of all because of how mind-numbingly obvious it is as goals win matches says Caroline he's lost a lot of pl- pace says Oliver uh, fixtures coming thinking fast definitely the most overused phrase at Christmas and also the one that's really taken off recently is the low block says James yeah. in Cork which is very annoying yeah. it's the mid block the low block uh, the foot race all those annoying things uh, it's worth noting that after this loss Liverpool will only three, be three points ahead of Chelsea clearly Klopp can't be compared to Potter but the two teams records are comparably bad says Aaron so Evan Ferguson is in a battle with Kanate there, um, which is, as Dan says, could, could we see this? He's, he's, he holds him off really well, sets up a good chance is it for Lallana, Dan, playing against his old team. It's good strength by Ferguson here. He's 18 years of age. It's hard not to be excited. Well, I mean, it's clear that you are. 
You know, every, every, every Ferguson touch now has been analysed with sort of... Evan uh, is a place on earth, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I mean, we... How many Evan Ferguson mains? Like, at the, the dude tonight now, like, they'd be like, just shut up about Evan Ferguson. That's exactly what I'll Maybe be Maybe you're getting it all out yeah. of the way before... Yeah, I, I am. I'm going to talk about, like, yeah. climate change now. But it's, oh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> David Miller, will you, put it, will you say something put us out of our misery here, sit beside Johnny? <laughs> it's, it's not the first time, Johnny, I've seen you get super hyped up over a young... Young Irish player. Well, Nathan yeah. Collins like had us all thinking that way as well. Uh, Aaron Connolly, you were definitely on the Aaron Connolly. Uh, not sure. uh, okay, well, you had a man. You had a man from the West. Yeah, ex- that's exactly yeah, well, it. You, do, you, do, there was several references to his uh, his county allegiances, uh, and you were very much caught up in that one too. I mean. Uh, although and I think David sort of touched on it earlier I think the the Ferguson Connolly comparison is a very obvious one to make they're two completely different characters I, I said I don't think Evan Ferguson's going to have any issues with attitude so it is exciting and it's, there's a balance right it's good to be excited and to, to have a really positive Irish good news story to get on board with but it also has to be tempered that the more you build up that uh like it's it's very possible he could play against France in March and struggle, and then suddenly yeah. it, there can't be a massive deflation. Then, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? But so that's where you're sort of thinking. Well, hang on, he's in a Brighton team here where they're a good side. They have a very sort of you know sort of developed style of play. He knows his role within that system. Ireland's games this year are quite likely to be counter-attacking games and it'd be a different type of test so I think it's great to be excited but to build that up to, to, for people to think that suddenly he's going to transform things overnight I don't I think, that's, I don't think that. that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, but it's transform but like, things but, overnight but, but, but I, I think mean. it's good to be excited but like every time he touches the ball and does something half decent we don't have to jump off our seats and suggest that like this is we're watching Messi at the World Cup here you know it's um, well, we didn't all have that same yeah, yeah, thinly but, veiled I was in I'm just, I, I just feel like every touch has been... Um, kind of hey, like I'm excited about the day that's in it. You know, we've watched two fascinating Premier League games. We're going to the awards night, the three of us together as a trio. <laughs> what's not What's not to like? Um, who's, the, who's the third wheel? Me. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, I wouldn't say that. I think you're going to take over, JD. You've, you've uh, of... What Don Juggan comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who? <laughs> you know, you've heard this. <laughs> yeah, but the listeners haven't. Yeah, well, Don yeah. Juggan is like your my alter ego. Uh, okay. <laughs> kind of hang on. I'm not really sure how to follow that. Up. Just guy who hangs off chandeliers. So when he's had a when he's having a good time. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Helena Byrne being in touch uh, acknowledges the difference in the type of phrases used to describe football played by men and women. I've done a bit of research into this. You can find countless lists online and books about men's football but not women's so I did a small survey so that's on Twitter Helena so thanks for your message and uh, I think a lot of the kind of the annoying thing that uh, about women's football people find is like, being described as boring so uh, thanks for getting in touch uh, 53106 um, uh, we have Johnny thank goodness you now Ferguson to mention said a Bazunu regardless the future looks good for the Ireland squad great show says Dave uh, yeah I I, 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 I thing for a while wasn't oh it? absolutely uh, D- Dave I mean you might as well get excited about things though when when you've nothing to eat you might as well be happy with crumbs you um, see why Johnny has so many old flames because he just sort of so he falls in love very he falls in love very easily yeah. uh, lads Liverpool get so much chat on the show he's Saturday one in a row Premier League titles after being branded the best team in the Premier League era by many in the media yes won a Champions League and few cups without scoring a goal in them overhyped not a patch in Chelsea City United or Arsenal teams of the Premier League era too says Ryan in Dublin 15 well Ryan what I'll say is Liverpool the biggest supporter club in this country in my view and I've been doing this thing a long time uh, Liverpool United the biggest two clubs in this country who's the biggest supporter club I think oh, Liverpool that'd be an interesting one I think Liverpool then United and I think then probably like Celtic Arsenal um, and then obviously we're getting into the Shamrock Rovers Dundalk big, big shout out no J- John even there, even there no Leeds 
Leeds are massively supported. Oh, of a certain age, David. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I've been, I've, I've, I've gone to a couple of Leeds games, and the amount of Irish people mm. I meet there, mm. I'm fascinated. There's a kind like, of, there's maybe a tier just below Liverpool United, which is Leeds, West Ham, Spurs, Everton in it. I would say. Yeah, they don't have as many sort of floating. I think the Leeds fans, a lot of them, are really into it. If you know what I mean, as opposed to you will have the more sort of casual Liverpool and Manchester United fans who, you know, the weekend wouldn't be ruined by a result. If you know what I mean. There's an interesting moment here, Jiddy. We've 63 minutes gone. Every Liverpool player is in um, his own half. Every Liverpool player is in his own half. Salah's running around. The press is poor. Trent. Oh my God! Like. This is just, Trent Alexander-Arnold's attempt at a tackle there is just embarrassing. Um, there's, there's a malaise there. Uh, we have um, another one on phrases. He got purchased in that. What does that mean? Uh, and also, lads, Liverpool gets so much chat on the show. We did that. And are you all Chelsea owners? All of a sudden, lads, uh, Klopp took Liverpool to within the very last minute of winning all four competitions last year. Mm. Played with injuries and way behind even not in Forest and West Ham. And the money splashing stakes this year. Give the man a break. Football's a funny old game as the cliche goes. Things will change again fairly soon. Love the show. They'll keep it up, says Finn and Navin. Nice text. Thanks so much. Finn. I don't think anyone's suggesting, though, that he's going to get the bullet or he should no, get the bullet anyway but it's more it's more that he might a slack. he might walk yeah I don't I don't think he's going to come under ever that kind of pressure I, I, as far as I can see anyway maybe I could be wrong Klopp and the Liverpool Transfer Committee need to take some responsibility for not investing in new midfield players with a younger age profile apart from Thiago who is in his early 30s they haven't bought players who can play a Klopp style of football who do you think they should buy lads um, David Miner any suggestions on who they should buy Bellingham Bellingham yeah yeah what is that tackle? Like Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold has just like gotten a yellow card for a tackle on Ferguson that he's basically over the sideline and he just looks like his head is gone. Yeah. Um, do you saw a bit of Bellingham at the World Cup? Yeah. Oh, he's very impressive. Yeah. And um, just listening to people who are around the Ferguson's England. just gone off the latest update there. Sorry to interrupt you then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I have to mute you now if you keep on going with this. Yeah. But um, it, it, a few minutes is going to be like, he looks to be taking a drink of water on the bench, as we can see. <laughs> he's sitting, look, he's sitting down there. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at him there. But Bellingham, uh, speaking of impressive young footballers, um, yeah, like listen to people who are around the England camp, they seem to think again like attitude isn't a problem um, and that you know he's going that the ability that's there um, is, it's not going to be lost in sort of the I don't know the sort of the, the trappings that can sometimes come with it and particularly as a, as a high profile England international I suppose his career path in itself would suggest he's sort of um, the people around him are sort of plotting a course um, but yeah as a midfielder he looks to have a bit of everything you know he, he can play in he can play in all the midfield positions really within different structures and, and systems so you would think any club will any club would sort of a war chest to use one of our yes. phrases <laughs> <laughs> get the war chest out you know um, and, and go after Bellingham uh, Nottingham Forest won Leicester nil. Steve Cooper doing a good job of turning Forest around and Brennan Johnson has scored. You'd have to think that Brendan Rodgers, like how long is it going to last at Leicester? It just seems to be like on the drift. Wolves won West Ham nil. Uh, still Everton won Southampton won at Goodison Park and Brighton 2 Liverpool nil, which we're watching at the moment, uh, folks out there. Man United 2 Manchester City won a result from earlier on. Brentford Bournemouth has a half five start. So before we go to the break, championship scores. Rotherham 4 Blackburn nil is a result. Bristol City 3 Birmingham 1. Latest score, it is Burnley nil, Coventry nil, Cardiff nil, Wigan nil. Hull nil, Huddersfield Town 1, it is Luton 2, West Brom 2 now. Middlesbrough 1, Millwall nil, it is Preston nil, Norwich 3. Reading 2, QPR nil, Sheffield United leads Stoke by 2 goals to 1. Sunderland down to 10 men, 1 all against Swansea. And Watford nil, Blackpool nil. In Scotland, uh, Hibernian 1, Dundee United 2. Motherwell 1, Ross County nil, St Johnston 2. 
Livingston 3. Yeah, Jason Malumby scored for West Brom against Luton today. So I kind of heard him scored as well for wow. for Derby in, uh, in League One. So uh, a lot of a lot of Irish goals today. It is our it is our year. Great stuff. Munster 24, Northampton nil. So Munster uh, on the road to the bonus point in the rugby down at Thomond Park. Leinster won 49-14 earlier on in the Heineken Champions Cup. We're back after this on Football Saturday all the way until five. Football on Off The Ball With Sky The Premier League is back Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports This is News Talk and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John, looking with you as always until five. I just want to tell you about a brilliant charity event that's happening at Rascals Brewing Company in Intercore in Dublin on Wednesday, January the 18th. That's next Wednesday. It's called Manawsome, celebrating the success of Irish women in sport. It's all to raise money for women's aid. It'll feature an array of brilliant speakers, including the World Cup band Republic of Ireland defender Louise Quinn, Irish hockey legend Roisin Upton, former MMA champion Ashleen Daly and lots more. It'll be all hosted by our own Ashley O'Reilly. Tickets are just €20. Euro. All proceeds going directly to women's aid. Go to rascalsbrewing.com to get your tickets now. Munster lead Northampton 24-7 in the Champions Cup, the Heineken Champions Cup. We also have goals going in everywhere around uh, England's uh, finest leagues. Brighton 2 Liverpool nil, as we've been discussing. Solly Marsh with both goals. Everton 1, Southampton 1. Nottingham Forest 1, Leicester nil, and Wolves 1, West Ham nil. All latest scores in the Premier League where Man United beat Man City 2-1 earlier on. And in the Championship uh, we have like, Norwich 4-0 up now against Preston. That's the latest goal that's gone in there um, David Myler is with us on the line with uh, Dan McDonnell here uh, from the Irish Independent in studio along with Johnny Ward 53106 for um, text messages football cliches referring to the football match rather than the match says Brian Hi JD you got to forgive Johnny for his Evan Ferguson enthusiasm after being without a top class striker for Ireland for many years it's only natural to be excited by a potential great goal scorer for the country great show up the west Johnny says Tom in Sligo thanks Tom and uh yeah, it's good that uh, I mean, of course, I'm getting carried away, but isn't that the whole point of things at times? You know, when yeah. when when we I suppose we all some of us have to remain calm and studio. Yeah, best of luck to uh, his beloved uh, Rovers this this season in what's going to be a challenge, and I think Premier Division for Sligo and uh, some yeah. of those teams under the top four. Well said. As United fan, my biggest worry is the club won't be sold before the summer transfer windows. Obviously, the Glazers won't spend a penny anymore as they want out. Uh, I think the analysis has been overall very good throughout the year. My only complaint would be that Arsenal tilted the title was not taken seriously earlier in the season as the focus tends to be always upon Liverpool Man United I'm saying this is someone who would back them in July of this year so put my money where my mouth is mm-hmm. uh, North London Derby David Myler tomorrow live here in News Talking Off the Ball Tottenham Arsenal half four kickoff. what should Mikel Arteta's approach be in your view? Oh, well look I think they have to go and win the game yeah like it can't be I know that's that's almost <laughs> a cliche in a way like that you know you're going to play but I think they have to really be on the front foot. Arsenal have been incredible all season. And even though that that text in there kind of said like he would have backed them since July, I think it was it'd be very difficult. Obviously they made some important signings with Jesus and Zinchenko, which have kind of changed almost changed the mentality of the squad of players that they're bringing in these lads who've won Premier League titles. But Arteta has to get them on the front foot. Um Tottenham have been so up and down, more down with Conte recently. I imagine you'll be able to touch um, a light more on that, but Arsenal have to be on the front foot. This opportunity to go eight points clear of City in second is is enormous. Like you're talking then, right? That will be 18 games played in, in the season. 
like that's that's a three game swing, which is which is huge. Um, and then it just gives you know Arsenal the momentum to kind of kick on from there. And of course, with it being a North London rivalry, um, it also gives you know that that group of players an extra belief that they can go on and um, achieve you know incredible uh, success. The, the squad to win the title, in your view, David, they have a strong enough squad. I like their eleven. Um, I've been very impressed with say. The front, the front players. The biggest, the biggest question mark with Arsenal has always been their depth. Um, I think one to eleven, that you know, kind of picks itself almost. Yeah. But then the, the question marks have been when Jesus got injured. Now Ketty has been, he's been excellent since he's come in for him. But can he maintain that for the next four or five months when called upon? Um, that that's a massive question mark. Like the, um, the there's been talks of various different players being linked. Modric, yeah. Yeah, why, why hasn't that happened? There's talks now of the Chelsea hierarchy flying to Poland to go, you know, sort that deal out because Chelsea are going to sign him. Have Arsenal changed their mind? I don't know. But the squad depth has always been the issue. Uh, 1 to 11, I think they have the players and they have the capabilities. We've seen, you know, in performances in, in, in games recently where they've looked like they, they can go on and win the title. Four goals in his last four games, Eddie and Katia. Um, Harry Kane is now, what, one behind Jimmy Greaves' record. He's on 265 Spurs goals. Um, do you think he'd be motivated to stay? I suppose it depends what happens at Spurs with the Qatar money. If that comes in, they're talking potentially about a 25% investment in the club if Qatar, if that did come to pass. Uh, he's on 198 uh, Premier League goals. The record is 260, Alan Shearer's record. Um, are trophies far more important than breaking all these records? Is that an e- obvious thing to say? Because Kane really seems to relish the pursuit of records. I think it, like when you when you when you narrow it down, what would you prefer, medals or records? Um, obviously, you would love to tie them both together. But I'd certainly be in the camp of uh, I'd prefer medals than records. Like, there's no doubt he's going to break Jimmy Greaves' record this season. Um, will he break Alan Shearer's? I think he will. Um, certainly, what is he now? 29. You're looking at what 62 goals. Harry Kane is more than capable of scoring 20 plus over the next three seasons. So I think I think he will break them, but unfortunately I think that sh- that ship has sailed now. Um, I think he had to get out when that when the big hoorah came about. But obviously you know Spurs stood their ground. Will Conte get the investment? Will he stick around? Like yeah. will Harry Kane win trophies at Spurs? I can't really see it, and I can't see him going and creating a big fuss to get out. So I think he will see his days out at Spurs. And unfortunately, I don't think he'll come. I don't think he'll come up with any trophies. Do you think then it's maybe too late for a Bayern or a United to come in from? I know his contract is what eighteen months to go on it, but is mm. he almost at a stage now where a club is looking at it and going, "Hmm, maybe he's a he's a bit past it in terms of what we'd be looking for for a two to three year project." No, I don't, because I think the one thing with Harry Kane is he guarantees you goals. Um, certainly, with even now, like with the assists, like. Inevitably, I think he's perfect for United. Like I know they've signed Veghorst, but if can you imagine that United team if they were to slot Harry Kane as their number nine? Like that would be that's kind of the miss, missing piece for them. But like eighteen months in your contract, he is loved and adored by Tottenham fans, and I think he's. I can't see him. I could see him signing a new contract. They'll obviously break the bank. You're talking there about the Qatar investment maybe coming in. I think they'll break the bank and pay him whatever he wants and they'll keep him. 
And I don't think he'll go down that road of kicking off the fuss or leaving on a free transfer. Like, would he go to Germany? I don't think he would. I think he's got eyes on that Alan Shearer record because I think if you look further down the road, he's going to he's gonna end, you know, live his life out in the UK, in London, so that I think he'll want to have that record and knowing that it's going to be a very long time before someone breaks it. What about a former Spurs man, Gareth Bale, retired this week, uh, David Myler, some career, wasn't it? Ah, oh, what a player. Did you play against him? Yeah, loads of times. Um, obviously not at Real Madrid, but obviously our games with Ireland v Wales and then when he was at Tottenham. Um, exceptional player. Exceptional player. Um, you look at what he did for Spurs, certainly in that Champions League run, um, even the times when he was producing moments of magic, the goals against West Ham. I know there's kind of been a reel of them on recently, but then when you go to Real Madrid, um, like... Brighton have scored again, 3-0 against Liverpool. This is an unbelievable result from the Amex Stadium and it is Danny Welbeck off the bench to get the third. Oh, Most of Jude's reaction there from Johnny. Evan play, Ferguson replaced Ferguson. Ferguson's so. replacement scores. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's not that animated. Uh, Jurgen Klopp isn't animated either. He's just yeah. standing there looking. Um, it's, it's, looking it's, it's just, this feels like a bigger result than the scoreline. Yeah, I, I agree with you, JD. Yeah, I, I think the the elements. Liverpool's performance has been so bad. Um, just a throw. I mean, it's it's just a throw in with a simple flick into the box by March. I mean, it's. You'd watch that and you'd, you'd just say players are Jeez, mentally... He's split Canate. Mentally and, um, not at it, yeah. <laughs> and Gomez there. It's a lovely goal to be fair by Wilbeck. It's a lovely goal for Brighton but for a top class sort of a elite team to concede sort of from the second ball from a throw-in. That would suggest they're Can I just, not at it. Go on, David. Can I just jump in there? Johnny, you didn't give Evan enough credit for that pass, the assist. Like you, 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 like even though you were big at Evan up, that pass is a very, very difficult pass. Um, if that I was the Bruyne, like that would be shown. Usually at the time, I was like, "That's a great pass." Did I not? You know, you no, you didn't. You kind of played it down a bit, saying, "You know, players of quality." That's not the way. The distance of that pass and the weight he needs to put on that. So that Sully Marsh doesn't have to break his stride. Yeah, um, that's an exceptional. Pass. I'm trying to manage expectation, Davis. I mean, yeah, this is no, this. I mean, you're all getting I'll, a bit over. I'll, I'll, I'll pick that up because I. I saw a clip of it there. Um, I don't have the game on. Um, You're lucky you don't. I mean, as, yeah, as a Liverpool no. fan, oh my God. Like, this is right yeah, up no. there with Atlanta. It's horrific. I would Napoli roll. Uh, lads thought Arsenal's uh, signing Mudrick, yeah, just uh, asking the question. And possibly winning the Premier League would come a long way since Arteta has come in, says Stewart. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if Arsenal go for it tomorrow, I think Odegaard has been key for them. If they go mm. for it, they can, like, Spurs are defensively very shaky. They've only got one proper defender in Romero, and the goalkeeper is shaky. Fascinating um, game, JD. I yeah, mean, but but Spurs going on. To be fair to them in that second half against Palace, they did show a bit more. Um, what are David's thoughts on Bubakar Kamara at Villa? It looks like a Rolls Royce of a player. Unreal business to get him on a free. One of the few things TVG got right. Um, says Rory and Kilcock. I don't know if you saw the Villa um, Leeds game last night, David. But uh, I think Leeds will be okay. Jesse Marsh. I think they were unlucky. They got Nanto has been really really impressive since he's come into the team hasn't he yeah he's been excellent Um, I think what is he 18, 19 19 yeah yeah like he just looked a constant threat like every time he was kind of almost one of those players that you know you you pay to go and watch there's another cliche for you Um, he just every time he got the ball he looked lively there was step overs he was coming inside he looked to be creative like my big thing my big thing with Leeds like looking on that you know the base of that performance like they were clearly dominant for large periods of it. 
Um, Aston Villa had two kind of sucker punches. The first goal comes off the corner. The second one is, an, you know, the way that goes in. But like, who's going to get the goals? Is Rodrigo or Bamford going to score enough goals to keep them up? Because I think they'll score goals. Will they get double digits? I don't know. Um, but certainly, Jesse Marsh needs to find a way to stop conceding and start getting lads to contribute. Harrison had, you know, a couple of a couple of great moments. Um, you. you it would be a slight concern with them if they start scoring goals. Then I could see them staying up. But certainly last night, you know, they've they've great energy. They press really well. They look well organised. It's just those moments that they they end up getting punished and they concede, um, and that will cost them in the long run if they don't sort that out. It's amazing they have had one shot on target in this game, uh, JD. After eighty-five minutes, ooh, Forest have scored again. If you're another Irish fans of Forest as well, the second goal. Um, Brennan Johnson with the second goal of the game. They're up to 13th in the, in the live table. It's mad, yeah. Southampton have scored at, at Goodison Park. 2-1, they lead Everton now. James Ward-Prowse with the second goal of the game. So the bottom club at the start of the day and Frank Lampard, Everton, whoa. Mm. Some week for Nathan Jones after uh, the, the way things are looking there and um, how things swing. I mean, Forrest, yeah. Like, I mean, you think of how Forrest, they come up. I know they did loads of loan players last year, but they've changed their squad almost completely. Spent a load of money. You think, this can't work this can't work but just it's a bit like the Newcastle thing it shows if you if you spend enough money and you have a good manager um, you can make it work you know and it's uh, it's just, like the way Forrest have done it is like all that's wrong with football in a way like it's nothing stable about it yeah. um, it's just like well we're here now so let's just do what we can to stay here but it is effective and that's what leads to other people just Even doing the same thing Andy Lyons Blackpool of course last week mm. um, just on Bale I know we kind of interrupted your point there but um it was uh, like he did an amazing shot on him, didn't he, David Myler? And also, like, great physique and great, like, a surging type of player. Would you have marked him? I know you played against him. Would you have encountered him on the pitch much? Yeah. Um, like, remember that the, um, we drew at home in the Aviva. Um, I'm trying to think, would it be before the avocation for the World Cup in 18? I think it would be the home game we drew at home. Um, that, that, like, that night, like, just when he picks up the ball like the power, the pace, the speed, and he takes off. You can't, you have to bring him down. Like, it's just like the, the, the that infamous goal he scored for um, Real Madrid against Barcelona. He took off down the left wing. It was just like that, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he was an exceptional player. Obviously, he had a couple of bad muscle injuries. Um, and then I think, you know, things turned incredibly sour. But like even... Even though, like, it was, it was actually really interesting to see Real Madrid's statement after Bale had retired. Um, it was actually really touching um, to read it because you know the, it, it had gone so sour for someone have been so successful for them. Like he scored in big games, in you know big semi-finals, finals. Like, like the list of honors he won um, is remarkable. And you know, look, he. Um, I think the the biggest thing was he's probably in that bracket below Ronaldo and Messi. Um, he didn't have the longevity those two did, but certainly he was knocking on the door as one of the probably third, fourth, fifth best players in the world for a long time. It's probably a conversation, lads, for another day at a, in a more in-depth level. But Roy Barrett uh, is leaving as uh, FAI chairperson and just kind of quotes from a briefing he did yesterday. Um, 
Just on funding, so uh, over 60% of the betting levy is in prize money for sports. This is horse and greyhound racing, which let's just say isn't growing and some could argue is in decline. And if there's a 1.5 billion of betting levies being raised, well, what are they raised on? You take the UK Gambling Commission, they did a survey on bets from 2017 to 2020. 60% of bets are on football. Now, maybe you can argue there's a local difference in Ireland and say 40% are on football. Why should 40% of the bets and levies that are applied that go exclusively to horse racing, greyhound racing, I just kind of get my head around that. Do I think football, given all the benefits that accrue from it, should receive equal funding as greyhound racing and horse racing? Yes, I do. Do I think betting tax levy going exclusively to those two sports is right? No, I don't. And he also added, since 2000, we can argue whether it's right or wrong, but the fact is the GA have got 430 million euro in government grants. Football has got 118 million. Rugby has got 57 million. So, any views on uh, his parting comments? At FAI <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're parting comments, although I think he'll be around for a while longer. Yeah. And I mean, probably should come back to it. It is a very significant departure that he's leaving. I think it's it's, it's a loss. We'll have spoken about it a bit during the week. Um, and I, mean, I wouldn't say Stephen Kenny's too chuffed about it, but we'll probably come back to that. Um, the broader point is something that I think Roy Barrett has spoken about before. Um, you hear people in football rightly I think talk about the need for state investment and funding to get to where we want to be but naturally like we're in the middle of a you know, cost of living crisis and uh, there's obviously a lot of strain on the sort of the exchequer in, in a lot of ways um, but hence that's why to have actual uh, sort of a an example of okay here's a way that it can be done like here's a, an avenue where other sports receive huge um, state investment you know sports who like who face their challenges you know have had their issues particularly the greyhound industry in recent years um, and I think uh, Johnny might have more more sort of more to say about some of the technicalities of, of, of the practicalities maybe of it I think it's hard to argue with the general idea um, behind it particularly when uh, and this, we all I uh, know we all here like a bet and, and you know would, would, would talk about stuff in that context but it's clear that there's probably going to be there's more of a squeeze coming on betting companies in a lot of ways around advertising and various things and um to to be seen to sort of accrue some benefit from that that it goes towards sport and the benefit that that brings I, I can see why there's a plausible case to be made you know a business case to be made to think maybe this is a way to do it because we know the game in this country needs funding how often are we going to have discussions that come back to that conclusion and this is an avenue I think is a, is a very legitimate one to pursue yeah, the, he's talking about increasing the levy, the two percent levy to three percent. That would be very problematic. I mean, that's a fifty percent increase, and that would is the share though wrong. Like, oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I've worked for HRI, I've worked for the Irish Greyhound Boards, um, and f- it's completely anachronistic that the money from gambling is going to. I mean, how many people bet in the dogs versus how many people bet on football? I mean, does if, if if an industry is so desperately in need of government injection year after year, maybe then you have to look at the industry. Now, I think the, the money that goes into race in Ireland, I think, in terms of what it does to rural Ireland, I think it, it really does help. But say the League of Ireland prize money is an absolute joke. The government, give or take, pays for 50% of all prize money for Irish racing. So you can imagine that the equivalent of that in football. Like the League of Ireland champions could be getting really, really good money. And I'm not saying that should happen. But anyone who in racing, people in racing have this completely kind of like, you can't see the wood from the trees at you that everything is fine. There is no way whatsoever a fellow who places 20 quid on Brighton uh, beating Liverpool today or 20 quid on Liverpool beating Brighton that some of that money should go into, uh, you know, the winner at Shelburne. Park. Absolutely not. It should be going into football. I mean, anyone who disagrees 
agrees with that, I think, really, is, is, is completely barking up the wrong tree. Cliche there, but it, this really needs to be looked at because Irish football, we're the most participation sport in this country and we're criminally underfunded, I think. We've never had friends in government and I do think that since the likes of Niall Quinn came in and kind of had a role and started mooting this, I think there is a bit of a sea change now and I think Roy Barrett has, um, as much as I don't necessarily agree with everything he said, I think it was very, very timely and uh, so there's no way football should be left behind as it has been. Uh, big boots to fill? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, again, like Roy Barrett said, a very influential member of the board and uh, came in at a difficult time. I mean, I suppose there's a gender balance issue that needed to be addressed and um, again I think maybe when his, whenever his replacements come in we can maybe talk about that in a little bit more detail um, but they are in short they are David Myler, just before we go, like Liverpool are going to lose here. They're 3-0 down. The Brentford f- defeat was a tough defeat as well, a 3-1 defeat. So that's what, six goals uh, conceded and uh, one scored in their last two matches away from home. Um, like, What does Klopp do here? Because it, this just, and he was going to barking at a journalist yesterday at the press conference. He isn't in the best of form. Is, is this still, still something they have to just ride through? It is. Um, and they're going through an you know, extremely difficult period where they've always been able to produce results um, even when they've not played well, but at the moment when they're not playing well, they're getting punished and they're getting punished heavily. As you said, they've conceded six goals. When was the last time Liverpool conceded six goals in back-to-back games? Um, it's it's extremely tough. You know, like I'm, it's I'm over, actually by the way. happy. It's full time now. Brighton. Three yeah, I'm happy. I'm not watching. Yeah. Um, okay. It's one of those. But yeah, he needs he needs to pick the group up. Um, and even. I think Jorgen needs to look at himself and the players need to look at themselves and they need to kind of sit down and clear the air because it's not acceptable and it's not being good enough. Um, yeah. And they have the squad and they have the players and the players have the ability and there's no doubting he's one of the best managers in the world, but he needs to pick this group up. And they need to start winning football matches. Got to leave it there, Dave Matter. Great to speak to you as always. Thank you. Cheers, gents. See you, David. Johnny and Dan, Cheers, thanks guys. so much. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in one piece by tomorrow. We can, uh, we can guarantee the we'll listeners that. Far. Uh, so just let you know in terms of what's going on football-wise, Brighton 3, Liverpool nil is a result now from the Premier League. Everton are going to lose again, 2-1 down to Southampton unless they can score a late goal. That's an injury time. Nottingham Forest 2, Leicester nil. Wolves 1, West Ham nil. These are all latest scores. Brentford and Bournemouth kick off at half five. Man United 2, Manchester City 1, a result from earlier in the Championship. Finished to Rotherham 4, Blackburn nil. Latest scores, Bristol City 4, Birmingham 2. Burnley 1, Coventry nil. Cardiff 1, Wigan nil. Hull nil, Huddersfield 1. Luton 2, West Brom 3 Middlesbrough 1 Millwall 0 it has ended Norwich 4-0 winners at Preston Reading 2 QPR 2 a latest score latest score Sheffield United 3 Stoke 1 Sunderland 1 Swansea 3 and Watford 2 Blackpool 0 Yeah Callum O'Dowda with the goal for Cardiff against Wigan and I should have mentioned Mark Sykes scored twice for Bristol City so there's actually a lot of Irish goals in the Championship today Thanks Dan Dundee United 2-1 up against Hibs late on Motherwell 1 Ross County 1 is a full time and St Johnston 2 Livingston 4 is a full time Munster 24 Northampton 17 is the latest thanks so much for listening this afternoon folks you've got to leave it there don't forget off the ball back tomorrow 1-7 to Joe Malloy here in News Talk we're going to showcase two live and exclusive commentary games in the Premier League first up Chelsea versus Crystal Palace in Stamford Bridge Nathan Murphy and Brian Kerr then Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham describing the North London derby between Tottenham and Arsenal all on your FM radio there's also the Sunday pay-per-view across our digital and social channels from half 11 with Tommy Martin and Dion Fanning be sure to join us tomorrow for some great commentaries and conversations 
conversation here on News Talk. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with David Myler, Dan and Johnny, you can find the podcast of the show on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back, folks, wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much for listening across the country here in your radio today. We'll speak soon. Bye-bye. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports.